and Jake Scott, presented by Big O Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. It is the big show. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 of The Zone. We're going to talk to Tim Lacombe coming up here momentarily. Your Utah Jazz Insider Report brought, uh, brought to you by Cypress Credit Union with the lowest fees and the quickest keys. Cypress has the home loan product that is perfect for you. Visit Cy- uh, any Cypress branch or cypresscu.com for details. Not only will we ask Tim about the Jazz, of course, my co-host for Jazz Game Night, uh, pre-half and post, but uh, also he knows uh, Alex Jensen really well and is obviously uh, dialed in. Uh, to the college basketball world around here, having been in it for so long. So we'll get his thoughts on that. No doubt. Always a pleasure to talk with Tim. <clears throat> yeah, Tim's the best. Uh, he's He's been a lot of fun to do these shows with uh, uh, this year. There's no doubt about it. So um, I wonder, you know, we're seeing various reports coming out about where the Utes go next, and that uh, job has been open for a week. I'm sure they're eager to to get something done as they lost – uh, another player to transfer was that yesterday when we found out about Riley Batten. So, you know, I, they need to need to get moving, uh, and I'm sure they they put all in to get Alex Jensen, but now they got to move on to Plan B. In fact, let's get out to the zone phone. Joining us now, my co-host on Jazz Pre Half and Post, longtime BYU and Utah assistant coach. He's our friend Tim Lacombe. What's up, Tim? What's up? Long time no speak. Seriously, buddy. Uh, how was uh, I got up at uh, the I think crack of six thirty this morning after minutes of sleep. Hopefully you fared better than me. So you have that you have that alarm clock in the form of a a little kid. You know, yeah. at that age, it comes in, jumps on you. Um, fortunately, I've got a fifteen year old, and she uh, she thinks I'm you know she's at that stage where parents are the worst. So she rolls her eyes at me and she would never wake me up because nice. that means she'd have to talk to me you know the problem tim is that jake went out to eat for lunch with his beautiful bride and uh he ate something that uh, has made him really sleepy and oh, so way we're too looking much. for ways to keep him awake yeah you so. you had a big lunch today yeah Dave? man i didn't mean to have a big lunch either it was like it, it was like i had zequil for lunch it was something you got the boiler going <laughs> yeah, now i do have the, the the boiler is in is in rare form today <laughs> i uh i like the way jake described it Tim. he said he felt like he ate a boat anchor for lunch <laughs> that is very descriptive i and and i learned you know what i've really i've gained a, a better hold on the english language because this guy is just you know, he, he describes things so great. We have a good time, Tim. I, I will say so that. We do. Just don't ask him. Just don't ask him to spell anything. No, true. Poor spell. That's your job, Gordon. Yeah, you're the writer. Come on, Gordo. <laughs> do you have a hard time getting that? I mean, uh, what time did you guys get off the air last night, you think? Oh, uh, I don't know. Last night the game went a little quicker, so it ended a little earlier. But, uh, Tim? I think I was home by 1240. Yeah, twelve forty. So one o'clock. You get home at one o'clock, and you can't go right to sleep, right? You're you're still wired from all the excitement. Well, I don't know about last night. I don't know about that, but (laughs) and then so you get to bed for two thirty, two o'clock maybe, and you're asleep. Uh, Are you able to get up at 
Like Jake at six o'clock in the morning, or do you need more sleep than that, Tim? Oh no, no. I, I yeah, I didn't have a I didn't have a six thirty appointment yet. Um, mm-hmm. My my day started work wise around nine. So, um, you know, I had the the nice pieces. I just commute downstairs. So, shower at eight thirty. You know, I was presentable in front of the screen at nine and ready to rock. <laughs> As an assistant coach. Were your hours crazy uh, when you were at BYU? Uh, did you have a, a schedule that was totally unpredictable? Uh, <clears throat> what you have is you just have a dot on your calendar every day. You know that feeling when um, you just have something you have to do and you've got to be somewhere every day. And um, the hours themselves, you know, unfortunately, you've got to, the new annex is, is fingerprint to get in. And once you're in, you can be in there all night long, and that's what you end up doing. They're, the hours are typically, uh, for college basketball, during the season, off season, whatever, it's just it is nonstop. You know, right now I talked to three or four guys today around the country at different places, and they're scouring 900 names in the portal. So mm. it sounds like a whole lot of fun. I really wish I could be helping, but I'm not. <laughs> Uh, Tim, we found out earlier today Alex Jensen's taken his name out of the running for the Utes head coaching job. I guess your thoughts on that and where Utah goes from here or, uh, you know, kind of what uh, what you think is next? Well, I, you know, I've made it really clear. I, I think uh, Alex is one of the great people and great coaches. You know, I, I was kind of selfishly, um, you know, hoping to, to see, you know, him – and or Johnny, you know, former players, uh, get an opportunity. Uh, but I think what Alex did here is probably a, a smart thing um, in the long run. I think, you know, you got you just mentioned it, Gordon, but the NBA assistants, uh, you know, they have they have a lot more time, particularly in the off season. Uh, they're not out recruiting, um, and they can you can be a little bit more flexible. I think right now, Alex is in the middle of one of the best seasons in Jazz history. And um, I know he's competitive, and, and it just makes sense, I think, that he wants to try to finish this job, and the timing just doesn't seem to be great. Tim, a question that came up between Jake and me earlier is, are there assistant coaches who really don't have uh, the desire to be a head coach? I mean, you were an assistant for a long time. Did you did you absolutely want to be a head coach? And how is that overblown, I guess, is my thought. Well, I, you know, it's funny. I, I think everybody comes at everything differently. I, I, I personally, you know, I was a, for lack of a better word, I was a mutt in the college basketball game. Um, you know, I was, I, I didn't play, I played through high school. I didn't play in college. Um, I kind of cut my teeth in coaching as, you know, kind of more of an administrative role with the team and, and then was able to see, and learn, you know, that way. But, um, you know, I think there are a lot of guys that, that, you know, everything they do, every step they take, every move they make, every uh, thing they tweet is for some sort of, you know, position, to put them in a position to, to get a head job someday. Uh, I think most guys that would probably want to do that. I actually was, was really happy with the jobs I had and wanted to do the best job in the job I had and never – you know, I just never looked up and tried to grasp anything more. Um, so I think everybody comes at it different. But I would say the majority of assistants want to be head coaches, you know, to be able to have that experience and run their own program. 
I thought for a minute there you were going to break out in song. Isn't that, isn't that a sting song? Every breath you take, every move you make. Every, every bond bo- you every break. Every break, every step you take. I think I'll that be was, uh, you, Gordo. I think that yeah, was Diddy every, and every, Faith Hill, actually. Every, or not uh, Faith every, Hill. What's her name? Every, no, it was a sting. Every, every cake you bake. Right? No, that's it was Diddy. Yeah, he does say that at the end. It, it was a sting song. It was okay, Diddy. Come on. Well, it was, uh, it was no, it was Faith uh, Faith Gordo. Evans. Sting, Sting Sting wrote the song and performed it. It was in honor of uh, the Notorious B.I.G. <laughs> okay, that's just a remake, Jake. <laughs> you don't say. You know what? You know what, Gordo? <laughs> you kind of look like uh, like uh, Stuart Copeland. The, the, <laughs> the, you, you, yeah, you got to check that out. He's the drummer for the Police. You kind of have a Stuart Copeland vibe going. Oh, okay. Uh, Tim, let's talk about the trade deadline. Uh, the Jazz uh, acquire Matt Thomas from Toronto, a 6'4 guard who really uh, can shoot it, but probably not likely going to be a real impact player on this Jazz team. What do you think about them for the most part standing pat? I think that's probably the prudent play. Um, I, I, I would imagine they were out there. Uh, but at this point in time, you know, they really do have the best hand. I, I said last night, you know, playing poker, and you've got the best hand. Um, maybe you stand pat, and I think uh, the one positive thing is, um, you know, the Jazz ha- have had a a real identity. I think that they certainly have roles pretty defined. And um, you know, David made the comment. I think it, there's a lot. David Locke made the comment last night in the broadcast. I think there's a lot to it. Uh, you bring a guy in, and you know, you don't have the luxury of practicing like you, you typically do. So you're actually bringing a dude in and, and trying to, you know, in the second half of the season on the fly, figure out ways to perhaps cut somebody else's minutes that's been here all year and put somebody else in there. And I just think from a chemistry standpoint, it makes a ton of sense to me. You know, there were a couple of dudes out there I had my eye on from a selfish standpoint. And I think um, the one thing that most people that I've talked to said, you know, the one thing the Jazz possibly could have done is maybe give up some shooting for some, uh, a better perimeter defender or somebody that, you know, in case of emergency, break the glass, and that guy's going to come out and play play good defense. Uh, but but I think at the end of the day, they have the best record, and uh, I, I have no issue with them standing pat and doing what they did. I agree with you completely, Tim. Uh, it surprises me, and I try not to 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 uh, evaluate uh, fan. Uh, thoughts uh, or beliefs or desires based on what you see on Twitter because that's a whole different matter. But the Jennas are doing great. You know, it, it just seems like in, in a lot of people's minds, whoever somebody else has might somehow be better than what you got. And I, I think they're in terrific shape right now, although I do agree with you that the one area, and when Jake and I talked about it yesterday, the one area that they could improve on, I think, is a perimeter D. But they're doing pretty well. And you, and one thing that Dennis Lindsay has talked to us about a lot through the years is is not disrupting that team chemistry, you know, whatever that is. But uh, I think you know it when you see it. And right now the Jazz's team chemistry is pretty darn positive. Yeah, the, the chemistry is a huge piece. It's, it's not something that the average fan understands because they're used to turning on a 2K game and, trading you know players around and having that computer player come out and just be whatever the numbers say they're going to be in the game and, and unfortunately we saw with mike conley last year you move guys around 
and their people, and they've got to get used to their situation and circumstance. And so that's the risk you're taking if you if you do something right now. And with the Jazz being, you know, the, as dominant really as they've been the majority of this year, I, I think the the prudent play, the wise play, uh, is to just you know stand pat, play long, and and see what happens. Who in the West got better today? I think Denver got better, uh, and I think Portland got better. Portland got the guy. I kind of had my eyes on selfishly, and we, we just saw him last week, Jake. Uh, but Norman Powell is is a guy exactly what I'm talking about. Really can get buckets, but he's tenacious, long, and you know active and that sort of thing. But I, I think those two teams, I think Denver and, and Portland particularly, got better. Um, I like Aaron Gordon. I think he's going to take some pressure off of Jokic. Um, you know, we talked last night. He's shooting the ball at a career best right now. And does that, you know, come back to average? Does he actually not shoot the ball great in this transition? Something to watch. But I like Aaron Gordon, and I like how he fits with those guys. He talks about Norm Powell. He, you know, this is a guy who is, I think his effective field goal percentage is around 60%, and he's averaging 19 points a game. And on six different occasions this year, he's scored over 30 so he does, He is a, a, a guy who could tilt the balance a, a bit, and Portland needs that. But they've got a lot of talent on that team. Yeah, he, you know what? He fits, he fits the dog mentality. You know, Lillard is, is such a junkyard dog and so competitive. Um, I, think it's a, I think it's a perfect fit. I, I really like that move for, for the Trailblazers. Tim Lacombe is with us here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, let's talk a little bit about how the Jazz played last night. We chatted about this after the game. You know, they played a shorthanded Brooklyn team, much like the shorthanded Houston team they played about a week and a half ago. But, boy, did they play differently in those two games. Much better last night. Yeah, And that's really a, a great comparison. Uh, I think those two teams were very similar, you know, pretty – pretty decimated by injury and a bunch of young guys, you know, out there trying to make uh, a name for themselves. And we saw in the Houston game that the Jazz mindset probably was, you know, it was decent to start the game. And then, um, you know, they had kind of some moments where they went in and out. Obviously, after the game, Quinn was not happy. The first time all year, he really was not happy um, and made it known. And, uh, I, you know, a week later, you fast forward and they play a, a very similar situation, and um, they they handle that test totally different. And, and last night, you know, they weren't the, right from the very beginning. They were on it. Mike Conley was great to start the game. Donovan was really aggressive. Now um, uh, Rudy was flying around. Bojan got help, feeling good again. Um, and so I think a lot of positive things happened. But the most positive thing, Jake, like you say, is. They they had a very similar situation and one that they did not fare well in. You know, they won the game but lost a lot of confidence. and fr- You know, there's a lot of frustration. I think last night was completely opposite. I think things went great for them. And now we just got to get Clarkson to make a couple shots and get everybody back on, on track. When you're playing a team like that and who is vastly under undermanned, and you know that you're way better than they are. Can you? Can a team still get a bounce out of that, uh, a confidence boost that will benefit them against tougher competition coming up? And my second question for you, Tim, and I asked this of Jake, have you ever been on that end of a beatdown? Um, 
So I'll take the second question first. Unfortunately, yes. Um, and, and probably one of the worst beatdowns I was ever part of was uh, playing Kentucky in the Sweet 16 in mini. Um, it was over quick. And there was a lot of time, a lot of timeouts to sit there and look at one another with no chance to win the game. So that, that is not a fun place to be. Um, you're, remind me your first question, Gordon. I'm sorry. About, I got do, you get a, do you get a confidence boost out of a oh, yeah, big yeah. win over a team that really doesn't have its best players available? I think you can. Um, and I think this year is probably even a little bit more so because of the, the cut down practice time. You don't get the, uh, you know, even in a five on O situation at times when I was coaching, uh, and you're running through your sets and you finish every set with a shot and there's nobody guarding you. But, you know, when your team can rip off 10 straight plays, everybody does the right thing, everybody's doing it precise, and you make the shot, there's a lot of juice in the gym. And um, I think last night, you know, again, it wasn't the Brooklyn Nets. We all know that. It was the Brooklyn Marauders, I think, or something like that. But it did not resemble the, the Nets as, as we know the Nets. But it was still a team full of professionals that came to compete. And the Jazz had an opportunity to either be really serious about it or coast. And a championship team, you know, would, would certainly be serious about it. And that's what I loved last night. It was all business. And the guys took care of it. And, and so, yeah, I think you can get a bounce out of it. I think you can get some boost out of that. Tim, we're going to see Ja Morant three out of the next four games <laughs> in the, the Memphis Grizzlies. And I guess my question to you, what young player, and let's you know leave Donovan and Rudy out of this, what young NBA player, who, I guess I should say, who is your favorite young NBA player to watch? Um, you know who I love to watch is, is uh, Anthony Edwards at Minnesota. Uh, he's had a really good second half thus far. Uh, but I just really like the way he carries himself. I like the, the power he plays with. Um, you know, he, he's a definitely a fun one to watch. Uh, there's another guy on that Memphis team that I love. You know, I didn't love him through college because he, you know, he, he gave us a beat down every, about every time we saw him. But Brandon Clark uh, is a great young player as well. Uh, another Memphis guy that, um, that we'll see a bunch of. Um, and Memphis is an interesting team. They, they've got uh, Dylan Brooks, who's is a great scorer. So this it should be a little fun little uh, I guess triple header with a couple games mixed in, um, but we'll see a lot of this Memphis team. You mentioned uh, Jordan Clarkson, Tim. What do you do with a player like that? he's in a, in a slump? Last night was the only game he hasn't played well of late after playing so great for the, through the first half of the season. And this is the same conundrum that uh, the Jazz ran a little bit with Boyan Bogdanovich. Do you favor allowing guys just to continue on? Do you favor any changes to be made? Should Jordan back off a little bit and take, uh, instead of these incredibly difficult shots, uh, should he look for really solid shots to take or just keep on firing away? I'd, I'd take the shots he's taken all year, and I feel like that's what he's doing. Uh you know, much was made in the off season about Jordan. You know, he was really was kind of a non-paint two shooter. He kind of he kind of shot more of those shots than the Jazz were used to or like. And they spent a lot of time, you know, working on his shot chart. And what you see from him now is a is a dribble into or catch and shoot three, coming off a ball screen three, coming off a pin down three, um, or you know maybe an isolation where he backs somebody down on a switch and steps back and, and shoots the three, threes in transition. 
And then the other shots you see him make a lot are drives, uh, jump stop, and get to that left shoulder um, kind of jump hook. And really, that's Jordan's game. And I, I feel like last night, um, you know, he, he got frustrated and maybe pushed three or four more shots than he probably would typically take. Um, but he's the last dude I worry about from making shot standpoint. I think he's his mindset is so great. And he, for him last night afterwards to tweet and basically saying, hey, it's, you know, it's a process, something to the effect laying brick by brick, which he did a great job of, he said, of last night himself. So for him to have an, a sense of humor about it, uh, I really like that. And, and honestly, I told Jake last night, you watch one of these games – Soon we're going to see a, a five for five, six for six, you know, seven for ten, some kind of crazy number from Jordan. Because I, I wouldn't slow him down at all. I just because he, he's going to be really important for you to win. Tim, it looks like the Kings are going to buy out Jabari Parker. Now uh, you were part of uh, recruiting him to BYU once upon a time, and have been watching Jabari play basketball since. Uh, well, I'm guessing he was a teenager there in Chicago. What are your thoughts on how his career has has played out? Well, I don't think, you know, I think um, coming out of high school, especially as a young guy, he was drawing comparisons to LeBron right and left. And I really do think that most people thought with his size and skill set and, um, you know, big guy, but guard-like skills, um, I just think, you know, it never materialized. And I, for reason why, I don't know. Sometimes I wonder, you know, with kids like this, we start – you know, crowning them this and that before they've actually done anything. And, uh, you know, you kind of wonder how that plays into it. But, uh, yeah, I did see that. I, I guess is that his fifth team that he's been basically waived from? I, I think something like that. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, so it's not uh, certainly not the, the career. The other part of it's crazy. I mean, his team at Duke wasn't very good, you know. They, I think they, they, lost, they didn't win the ACC, and they got the NCAA tournament and lost. And so I, just, I don't know. I just I wonder, you know, I wonder if, if it's a fire thing. If it's a, um, you know, I got to see a lot of them as a young kid, and I'll promise you this: there was a ton of, of potential and promise. But I do believe in this day and age of hype and you know rewarding people before they actually even do anything. Maybe that's part of this. Speaking of that sort of thing, Tim, let me ask you a question about BYU. Since uh, you recruited him there and he, he decided to go a different way, will BYU ever be in a position where they can get those kinds of guys uh, top level? Could could BYU ever transform into Gonzaga? Well, I, th- I you know I, I I think so. I mean, there's a lot of so many positive things about. You know, this place, I think Utah is actually becoming, you know, 20 years ago you said Utah to people and it was a place on the moon. Um, I think that, you know, Utah is becoming way more understood and, and, you know, we're getting a lot more travel out this way. People realize it's a great place. And, and BYU has done great things. Um, you know, I'm, I'm really, really impressed, you know, from a distance. And, and I really have not been anywhere near it, but from a distance – uh, the job that Mark's done in a short period of time. Um, in effect, you know, he, they didn't have a tournament last year, but he would have been in it. And so to be able to 
to take a, you know, we, I think we missed four years in a row for him to be able to go two years in a row is great. Um, I think what you've got to do, you've got to probably flip it to a situation like Gonzaga has where Gonzaga really did become kind of transfer you for a bit. And they were getting a bunch of guys, you know, particularly when they made that jump to, you know, being top 20 to being top five, they just started really up, upping their level of talent via transfer. Um, and then obviously broke through finally with uh, just an absolutely unbelievably high level, uh, possibly the first player taken in the draft type guy in Jalen Suggs. Um, so that level just continues to raise, and that's what BYU is going to have to do. And um, I, I like Mark's approach to transfers. You know, I, last year that was not an option when we were there. Uh, we were actually told not to bring in fifth-year guys because it was too troublesome for the upper campus and the academics. And so we actually tried a couple times. We actually brought uh, L.J. Rose in from Houston as a as a grad transfer, and then after that. We're basically told no more, no more fifth-year guys, and, and so fortunately that's changed because I think that is a game changer. Well, Tim, thank you very much as always, and I'll see you tomorrow, buddy. Sounds great. Y'all have a good night. Back at Thanks, you, Tim. our friend Tim Lacombe, uh, catching with me on Jazz pre, half, and post game. Tomorrow's game, Gordon, by the way, starts at seven, as does Saturday's game, uh, and they're both against the Memphis Grizzlies. Pre-game will start at six o'clock, both tomorrow night and Saturday night. You mentioned that schedule and the quirk in it, playing the the Grizzlies three times out of the next four games. Uh, has that ever happened before? I doubt it. I mean, how many times have you seen uh, uh, you know teams play the same team on back to back games at home? We've seen it home road, so maybe you know maybe we've seen it three out of four b- before, but I would guess it's not likely. It's almost like a little playoff series or something, you know. A little bit. I wonder. I wonder how if that will change uh, the way the games are played uh, with that kind of familiarity over such a short period. I asked uh, Tim who his favorite young player is to watch, and, and uh-huh. I, I used the word watch specifically, not who's the best, not who's most impactful, but who's the most fun to watch, and it might be John Morant for me. Yeah, you were leading them all. I was waiting for. I knew that. I could tell that's what you were looking yeah. for. And I agree with you, man. He is something, something special. He's a baller. He's special athletically. He's not the biggest guy in the world, so kind of, you know, he's kind of got slight. that that uh, Allen Iverson feel to it, where you yeah. kind of watch him play and you go, "You shouldn't be able to do that. Come on." <laughs> well, he's really good. Yeah. And uh, Mike Conley knows. I mean, Mike essentially was sent out because they were going to take Jaw, right? Not essentially. I mean, that's that's certainly what happened. Yeah. I also like players, uh, and this you know doesn't necessarily mean anything, but I kind of like players that play with a smile on their face. And John Morant's got a little of that going too. You know, a dude that's who's, who's going like, out there and looks like he's having fun. Well, that's why you liked Magic so much, right? Well, except for his brand of basketball, was it was Magic more, Johnson is pound for pound the best point guard who ever lived. It was more kind of paint dry than it was exciting. <laughs> oh, How are you spelling dry? <laughs> dry? Uh, yeah, is that a is that a word? <laughs> is that kind of like Mia Oni? No, like, <laughs> like it's the opposite. Where where uh, somebody at Magic size, you're supposed to do that. Someone at John Morant's size, it's like, wow, now this is extraordinary. Some people might say that it's even more extraordinary to have a bigger man do those kinds of oh, things. Oh, you, with you that like kind a, of skill. a a 6'9 guy beating up on a 6'1 guy? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and you know no, what I call things that are extraordinary? News. News. That's true. Yeah. 
I mean, it'd be uh, like, is, hey, Gordon, what are you? the definition of news. What right are you, about, about 6'1"? Am I guessing that yeah. right? 6'1", 6'2"? Mm-hmm. Where are you at? 6'1"? 6'1". Mm-hmm. So that'd be like you going out and playing uh, hoop with a bunch of 5'2 people. <laughs> or hitting the grand five, slam. 5'3". Three. <laughs> yeah, that'd be like a 16-year-old you <laughs> screeching up in the Trans Am and cracking a homer against first graders and then bragging not about not it on the radio true. years later. Not, not true. <laughs> Hypothetical. Hypothetical. That's not the way it happened, as far as you know. Um, I better get get this shave a little closer before I get down to the ballpark. (laughs) (laughs) All right, we've got Drive of the Day coming up next. And and great minds think alike, because Gordon and I both saw this and thought this needs to be Drop of the Day. (laughs) We like impressions. We'll get to a good one coming up next. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. If you missed yesterday's uh, sounds uh, uh, of various uh, clips, then you won't know exactly what we're talking about right now. But that is definitely appointment radio, isn't it? Well, we know. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 128 The Zone. It's time for Drop of the Day, also known as Sounds of Various Clips. You know, I, I think it's, uh, you know, you think about Saturday Night Live, Gordon, and, uh, and the uh, the comedians that kind of become famous with their presidential impressions, mm-hmm. right? Chevy Chase did that uh, bit about Jerry Ford back in the day, right? Is that where it started? You you uh, you would know better than me. SNL started in what the mid seventies. That's probably yeah. where it began, yeah. right? Will Ferrell with uh, yeah. George Bush. George yeah, Bush, that, yeah. That came a little later, yeah. You know, I watched a whole stand-up of Will Ferrell as George Bush, and it was more funny in skit form, like shorter periods of time. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you think of uh, who recently did President Trump? Um, uh, Baldwin. Alec Baldwin. I mean, I know she wasn't president, but Tina Fey doing. Uh, oh, yeah. uh, uh, oh, why am I going blank? What's her name? Pelosi. Oh, yeah. oh no, no, not Sarah Pelosi. Palin. Palin. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, was Palin. was pretty uh, was pretty good. Um, Melissa McCarthy is Sean Spicer, not okay. a president, but <laughs> I I don't know this obviously for a fact, but you can't tell me that didn't play a role in Sean Spicer getting fired. <laughs> it was so funny. What the? She's jamming the the dais into people. And... That was funny. Oh. So I haven't heard that many for President Biden yet. And uh, Dana Carvey was on uh, Stephen Colbert's show. Now, Dana Carvey, I, I will never forget this SNL special. It was the year that uh, Herbert Walker was running against Bill Clinton and Ross Perot. And Dana Carvey did H.W. Uh, Bush and Ross Perot, and then Phil Hartman did, did Bill Clinton. And Phil Hartman's Bill Clinton was amazing. And that could have been one of the funniest things I've ever seen. <laughs> but uh, Dana Carvey, obviously really good at uh, impressions. He, uh, he took a crack at uh, President Biden on with Stephen Colbert. I do him at the town hall when he's like the gentle father to the country, and he looks like the alien who came off the spaceship in Close Encounters. Yes. Folks, come on, folks. Let's get real. I'm not kidding around here. You know, you know we got to do the thing. We did Barack. We did the deal, you know. And, uh, you know, my dad, my dad, you know, lost his job in Scranton. No joke. 
no, Joe, I'm not being a wise guy here. I said, Pops, why'd you lose? He said, Joe, I did. My mom said, that's the cookie. But she, the crumbles, she says, what do it? You know, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. Number one, the thing that they said, come on. Number two, the two part. Folks, three, you know, come on, I'm not kidding around. No rocket science. Here's the deal. Come on now. Now, the, the, he told, he knew, he knew it floated. He told Bob Woodward, it's Joe, Joe Ann Woodward. He told, he told Bob Redford, excuse me, I think, I, you know. But folks, I care. I care a lot. People are suffering, and I do. And my mother said, you know, that's the way the cookie is. And it goes, those places. And, you know, we can do this, shots. We can, in fact, and do better. And we did before. So I do the sincere guy. I love it. The sincere, it. sweet. That's so beautiful. That's so beautiful. But there's a lot there if you, you know, if you just don't worry about the fact that he's 78. He gets a little confused sometimes. It doesn't mean you're attacking him personally or, you know, but you have to acknowledge that, you know, he's just, he's just, he's just, a little, we're going to try. We're doing things, you know. And, 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 you know, and come on. Here's the deal. Let me, let me just. I'm not kidding around. No joke, folks. You know, my dad lost his job in Scranton. I lost my dog. I'm no, I'm not kidding. I'm not being a wise guy. You know, don't, don't. And, and he always does the list. Number one, the one part. Number two, what they said. Number three, you get the drill. Come on. You dog-based pony soldier. You know, it's just a lot. That's good. Come on. That's what people said. So that's what I'm gathering from it visually. But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's a character now. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Pretty good. Here's the deal. The one, number come one, on, the thing. The one part. <laughs> come on. Dana Carvey's funny. He is come funny. On. He's yeah, He is yeah. funny. He's really funny. Come I, 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 People who have the ear for that, I, you know, I just, I could never do something like that. You have well, to really be able to listen on. closely, right? To be able to do yeah. something That's like that. That's the way the cookie is. The cookie yeah, is. It's, it's, it's more than just sounding like the, it's saying what, what what he says and then distorting it somehow. So, that it, I mean, it's really funny. Yeah. Oh, man. So that's the best one I've heard so far. So Dana Carvey's in the clubhouse as the leader for the <laughs> for the most memorable Biden impression. Well, I'm sure we'll see more come and go. But, but... I lost my dog. <laughs> but my mom said it's the way the cookie, the cookie thing. The cookie is. <laughs> That's awesome. The one part. Number two, what they said. Number three, you get the drill. Come on. You get the drill. <laughs> you have to sort of fill in the blanks. Don't... Come on. Oh, that's amazing. All right. So there you go. There's our drop of the day today. Uh, we'll have more Big Show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Come on. There isn't much that makes Austin Horton angry. Wait, who are we kidding? Almost everything makes Austin upset. This is Austin's airing of grievances. The tradition begins with the airing of grievances. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Austin Horton, our producer, has an enemies list place you don't want to end up but yet we keep adding people to it who are we adding today oh uh i've got a long list today Uh oh i think i think we have three at least two but i think three uh new entries on the old list here uh first of all 
I, I, rest in peace. So maybe this doesn't go on the list, but rest in peace to uh, Rachel, or excuse me, Jessica Walters. Yeah. Who so played uh, the mom on uh, Arrested Development She's most amazing. recently. She's amazing. And uh, Mallory Archer on Archer. That's right. Yep. She was terrific, and uh, we'll miss her uh, dearly. Also, uh, do we need any more Netflix specials about serial killers? No. We've had a few. I, like, we're done, right? I watched, yes. I watched the Ted Bundy one. It was good. Sure. and uh, But then now we've got the Murder Among the Mormons. I watched that, too. That was also good. Uh, I and, saw the Night Stalker. Okay. Um, and yeah. but now they're doing a whole Jeffrey Dahmer one, no, no. and we do not, we don't need to build these monsters and tragedies up into these, the, the, especially like the Zac Efron starring as Ted Bundy, where they sexualize the whole thing. And nah, we don't. So I think I'm on the same page with Batman as I am now with serial killer documentaries. We're good. We're good. We, we don't need any more. All right. So if you're making a serial killer documentary or a Batman movie, just, you're on the list. Just stop. All right. But on a serious note, what's your favorite African safari animal? If you were to go on a safari, what's the number one animal you'd like to see on that safari, Gordon? Probably a rhino. Why is that? Just because they're they're like living tanks. Okay. Well, I, I find that, uh, you know, that, that big white rhino is not what they are. Uh, I think that would be fascinating. The albino Just, rhino? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> No, they just—they're kind of intimidating. I, I tell you one thing: I wouldn't want to be uh, too close to it. That's for sure. How about you, Jake? Some sort of squirrel. The <laughs> <laughs> great Saharan squirrel. squirrel. Huh? <laughs> the land squirrel. They're, they're, they're tunnelers. Uh, for me, it would be the pachyderms, the elephants, okay. as oh, Hans yeah. Olsen uh, likes mm-hmm. to announce or uh, pronounce them. Uh, but if you uh, were wanting to see some elephants in the African wild, you're not going to for long because both species of the African elephant is now endangered. And it's not because there's not enough food. It's not because there's too many predators of, of other wildlife. No, it's because stupid dentists from Detroit keep going down there and killing them and pu- putting their heads on their walls and their skins on their floors and uh, the poaching and the hunting. And so if you are uh, poaching the biggest of animals, be it an elephant in the African Sahara, or the smallest of animals, even a squirrel in your neighborhood, Jake, <laughs> you're going on the list. Wait, is, are, Leave are, the uh, animals is, be. Is this a Wait. real problem in Detroit? Well, I don't remember where no, Cecil remember, the Lion's murderer remember was the from. Guy? But, yeah. yeah, he was a dentist. But he, how, he are, how is my piano going to get keys? <laughs> That's Yeah, the ivory. Yeah, yeah. We, I think we can make composite ivory at this point with 3D printers. We don't any longer need to be hunting Dumbo down. Yeah, this, down. Is, this is really troubling. Uh, is that Has it gotten to the point, a critical point now? I, I'm assuming that it's illegal to do this and this, all this is happening from poaching. It's ex- yes, exactly. But there's, not, there's no way to really stop it from happening other than 24-hour, 365 uh, monitoring and security. And then you, at that, you're kind of disrupting the animal's life doing that, too. So, I don't know what the answer is other than, if you poach, guess what we get to do to you? Tar and feather. Okay, that might be, that might be the plea deal I'll agree to. All right. Mm-hmm. But I'm first going to go to the judge and submit that we get to hunt them. 
Oh, like uh, oh, most wow. dangerous game kind yep. of thing? Oh. You want to hunt an elephant? Fine. I get to then hunt you. We're going to turn you loose and give you a 45-second head start. Good luck. I'll give you <laughs> a day head start. Sure. Uh, whatever. But you're going down. You're going down, yeah, pal. Th- th- yeah, this is troubling, man. Those elephants are pretty cool. And you guys know the difference between an Indian elephant and an African elephant, right? Where they're from. Is this a bad joke? No, it's not a joke. Okay. Yeah, an elephant and a rhino and a hippo walk into a I bar. I thought that's where you were going here. No, the uh, the African elephant, uh, its ears are bigger and shaped like the African continent, and the Indian elephants are, have smaller ears. Gotcha. Well, uh, with my last name being Horton and all, we're, we're, we've always been pretty fond of the elephant <laughs> I see. at our house. And nice. Just, just leave them be. Leave them be, please. So you go on the list. If you're making a serial killer or Batman movie, you're on the list. Uh, and if you're going after animals, there you go. All right. Wait, wait. A- animals of any sort? No, no, no. I, 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 uh, poaching. Illegally going okay, after yeah. animals. Yeah. I'll here, draw here. the line there for now. Is elephant good eating? Gordon? Never had elephant. No, don't do it. Have you had caribou? Going back to the <laughs> first. Have you, have you have you heard uh, the the story about the uh, the blind man that goes up to the elephant yes. and uh, oh my gosh feels his tail, ah. feels his leg, feels his tusk. Is We've this, heard this story a hundred times. Let's move on. Is this a good time to transition to something else? Feels his nose. Yeah. Have you ever heard how you know if an elephant's been in your refrigerator, Jake? No. There's footprints in the butter. Gordon, uh, real quick, did you know that uh, today was the busiest NBA trade trade deadline ever? No, I didn't know that. No. 17 total trades today. Uh, number of teams trading, 23 different teams made a trade today. Uh, 45 total players were traded. And uh, this one isn't uh, uh, high in NBA history, but pretty darn close. Percent of league win shares traded, 5.7, the second highest, and the highest was back in 2015. be interesting to see who, who got traded back in 2015. But for anybody saying it wasn't uh, uh, um, a dramatic trade deadline day. No, I think it was dramatic. There were some minuscule deals going on, but there are also uh, important deals happening, that, especially in the West. So we'll see how it all turns out moving forward with the Jazz staying essentially pat. They did bring in Matt Thomas, and he's a fine shooter, but uh, maybe they can develop him, and maybe they see something in him that they could, that can be developed to help them in the future. Uh Jake, do you know why the elephant's ankles are so wrinkly? Oh, we don't need to go back to elephant jokes. What are we doing? No, Gordon, I don't. They tie their their sneakers too tight. Do 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 do. Elephants don't wear sneakers, Gordon. I'll be dead gone. All right. <laughs> All right, you're on the list. Uh, by the way, yeah. It, it hey, I'm sticking up list. for your elephants. No, you're I, making tr- a mockery of them. <laughs> it's no joking matter. I'm embarrassed, frankly. <laughs> I don't hear say? any albino rhino jokes coming wait, from you. Wait, did you say? Uh, did you say don't hunt Dumbo? Is that what I heard you say? Yeah, yeah. That's a famous elephant. <laughs> okay. You ever heard of him? Yeah. Put some respect on his name.
By the way, 2015 was the year the Jazz traded away Ennis Cantor. <laughs> Did something about an elephant remind you of Ennis Cantor? <laughs> no, I told you. What, what's Where that, Jake had lunch what's today. What's that line uh, that you always say? He's a nice boy, <laughs> but he doesn't listen much. Uh-huh. I just remember when I said that uh, the wind shares, it's the second one behind 2015, and I said, boy, it'd be interesting to see who got traded in 2015. And then you said, Jake, you know how, why an elephant's ankles are wrinkly? Because it wears ice skates. <laughs> Can it, has anyone ever eaten elephant? Can you eat elephant? I how mean, do you eat an elephant? How? One bite at a time. I'm finished. We here. can do more of I'm this. Done. I'm done here. I thought, well, the, what else you got I thought the trade thing was, was fairly I'm interesting. I'm ashamed. Uh, busy trade day. You ever ridden an elephant? This is all you, Austin. No, I have not, and I don't think it's okay to ride elephants. Oh, you don't? I no, thought that what was the a... elef- dude, what if an elephant rode you? Would you like that very much? <laughs> you ever gone to the circus and seen the elephants? You know, who's going to clean up the that The circus mess? no longer has elephants, thank goodness. They, do they not? Nope, because they the were zoo- mistreating them and got busted. Well, the zoo has elephants. They don't mistreat them. Still a little kind of sad. They don't whip them and say, do a cartwheel, elephant. (laughs) Okay. I'm sorry, Jake. I'm done. (laughs) We'll cede the floor to you, Jake. Sorry. Well, more Big Show coming up. (laughs) Some some real hot (laughs) elephant talk right around the corner. I think elephants are kind of cool, you know. They go in the water and they're squirting it out of their nose, <laughs> you know, having fun. The little ones are under their feet, you know, bouncing around. And kind of a cool thing. More next, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Uh, I apologize. We've got Wrapping up a big show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. A number, another Thursday comes and goes. We have The Movie Zone coming up next with Austin Horton, our very own, and Johnny Lightfoot. At a usual time. At a usual time. It's not at, at 10. No, it's it's, <laughs> it's it's at its normal time. Do we have a do we have a uh, uh, a poll question? Do poll we have a poll question? Yes, of course we have a poll question. Your favorite uh, zero to hero movie characters? Hmm. Those characters who start out as a nothing, a nobody, a, a big booger, and end up the uh, hero of the thing. Okay, I have two suggestions for you. All right. All right. One old school and one kind from of... From the movie old school? No, no, no. no, no, no. One a little older gotcha. and one from this century. So one from Gordon and one from me, no, more, our generation. No, more one from my youth. Okay. All right. King Ralph. Okay. All right. And Dirk Diggler from Boogie Nights. Ooh, that's a good poll. Huh? Dirk Diggler. <laughs> what Kyle Whittingham used to call Dirk Facer. <laughs> I forgot that. Because I, I was at the press conference where he came up with that. He's like, where'd you dig up that, Dirk? Dirk Diggler. <laughs> uh, what do you think, Gordon? Oh, I don't know. Zero to hero. Uh, would would Spider-Man fit the Peter Parker? Yeah. Certainly, yeah. yeah. That's, a good, that's a good answer, yeah. I thought Gordon was going to We're pull. doing that because uh, Bob Odenkirk is in an action thriller this week called Nobody. 
where he just is an unassuming uh, American uh, house husband. But he is he really that? Or has he got a secret life no one knows about? So Okay, there you go. All right, Movie Zone coming up next. Anything else you want to throw a tease on there? Big, uh, big date moves for a lot of Disney blockbusters that everyone was anticipating. Some good news, some bad news, but they're all moving. They, so we'll tell you that. Like being all being pushed back or all over the place? Uh, the, the dates are moving all over. The, all What's, over. What is, the ne- what is the next kind of big Disney that's in the news? A lot of people are looking forward to Black Widow from the Marvel series, the Scarlett Johansson uh, okay. character. Uh-huh. Uh, that's part of this uh, announcement we'll be making. And the next Pixar, they're doing something with that that I'm not too happy about. Oh, Austin's grumpy about something. Stay tuned. That's a tease. Breaking news. That's a tease right there. So the movie's on. I, fi- I finally saw Austin at uh, R- R- Raya, the, the, one, the Last Dragon. Yeah. Yeah, looked good to me. The one part, yeah. You liked it, right? The two, we're doing things. <laughs> Three, you know the drill. Come on. Yeah, it's a good movie. It doesn't sound like yeah. Gordon liked it. It didn't. No, no. no I, li- I only saw the back half of it. I didn't see the beginning. So I I much prefer the first half of it. Honest, honest. It's, yeah. But Gordon just basically when I saw Raya and it was a movie. Well, yeah, I just didn't, you know. Well, you know, the cookie, the cookie, the cookie is the way it is. Yeah. All right, uh, Gordon, you. I'm, and- pr- I'm proud of you, Jake. Why are you proud of me? You stayed awake. Oh, you know what? You helped, Gordon. You were very, you were very energetic and enlightening today. I needed you. I appreciate it. You came through. Yeah, that sandwich almost did you in. It really we, uh, did. We got you through. So I'm, I'm so glad tired. You were able to stay awake. I'm going you know what's right going to happen to you? No, you're going to go home tonight, and you're not going to be able to fall asleep. Oh, no, I'm falling asleep. That's happening. <laughs> That's happening. I'm falling asleep early. Well, nice job. And uh, enjoy your night uh, to be able to be home with the family. All right, Gordo. You enjoy yours as well. I'll talk to you tomorrow. All right. Thanks. See it's you. The Big Show, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.